It's so deliciously meta. <laughs> it's so dumb. Meta and dumb. Very dumb meta. Welcome back to another episode of Refactor, the show where we try and help you and ourselves suck a little less each day. My name is Frank Cole. And my name is Chris Tonkinson. And this is episode 034 on August 10th, 2021. So I've been having a lot of conversations internally lately about titles for engineers. In your head internally? <laughs> is how many, among, how many among people other are places. on those calls? <laughs> Too many. Let's be honest. Too, too many. <laughs> Are any of them telling you to harm yourself or others? I'm concerned. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, we, we have been uh, so we just finished a big uh, career ladder uh, development. This is something that I and my uh, and my boss have been working on for for a while. I, I did most of the 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 legwork and actually putting it together. It was, of course, his idea and he gets all the credit and I, I do all the work. That's you know, that's how these things go. Um, yeah. Uh, if he hears that, he'll laugh, I hope. So, um, <laughs> it could not have been more humbly underhanded. Uh, right, right. <laughs> more humble than you. Uh, so we, uh, so we just finished building a, a building out a career ladder. We had been in a situation where we had two titles that were non-managerial. We basically had an engineer and then we had senior engineer and then you jumped right to manager. And so all of the engineers, as had, one does, <laughs> right? Uh, all the engineers basically would clump up inside senior engineer. We had a very small selection of of uh, the, the the level one position. It's not. I don't. I, I don't want to say junior because it's really not junior. We don't hire junior as we've discussed. So we'll call it level one. Everyone would basically clump up into the level two. Because if they didn't want to be a manager or there wasn't a manager slot, they would all be in there. And so we had this wide group inside of the senior engineer. Big, a big clump of big people. Big chunk of people. Up. Yeah. And, so and it, it was look, Is it like a parallel track thing now? So, we're, so we did the parallel track thing. So we took our single title of senior engineer and we broke it out into four more. So we now have five levels. And then we went through, we did a pass on the team and moved a couple people around to match their mm -hmm. proper mm -hmm. state and um and then we released the, so you were super uh, creative and you just did developer one through developer five and you walked away right i did not i did not that, that was actually the first <laughs> no seriously that was the first thing i made sure that i did not do i just but i can't you like okay well why don't you just make 10 the best and then have that be a little better. It's like, no, well, we go to 11. Yeah, that's right. Developer 11. Whenever I see that, like I, I'm not, I'm not against, like, this is not me coming out against like developer one, developer two, developer three. I get it. It's now it's established. It's I'm not, not a problem with that. Yeah. But that's just, that's what comes to mind. Like, oh, well I'm a developer four. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I, I hear you. I, I do. Um, so I uh, actually one of the first things I did, we, because the, we did have levels attached to it and there is a code for each position and it has a number attached to the code because that is there, it, categorically it's, it's easy. Like it's, it's easy to clump things for, for organization. Very purposes. straightforward to very understand, straightforward to manage. To, yeah. So that's really good. People hate that though. I always, when honestly, yeah. straight up, when I was applying for jobs earlier in my career, I actually got wary when I would see a position 
advertised with a number in its title. Because when that happened, I kind of already knew what to expect from that role. This was going to be kind of a, this is going to be kind Code of a farm. factory. This is going to be kind of a factory. It's going to be kind of a farm. Yeah. Um, you, you and you do that because you run out of titles. You have a large enough organization. You run out of titles. You need to start stratifying things. And you just, there aren't, unless you start making up words, it's really difficult to have a progression that is clear and concise, that's understandable, uh, that is meaningful. And so, yeah, you wind up with dev one, two, three, Matt, like lead one, lead two, mm-hmm. like you really do. Um, and I get, I get, you typically see that in larger organizations. Yeah. I understand how you get there. I don't love it. Yeah. Um, but I get, I get how you get there. Yeah. I, I, but it, it is, it was always indicative that there was going to be a lot of rigid structure that you were going to be inside of a box. And that to me was actually always antithetical. I am, um, Uh, perhaps unsurprising given my career track. I I enjoy areas where there's actually a lot of um, unknown and undefined. And and you just, if there's a lot of wide open space that I can maneuver around and figure things out. So I've, I've always gravitated towards startups and smaller companies and consulting and, and places where it's yeah, it's easier for you to break the rules and it's easier for you to break the rules and then retcon some BS as to why that was the right course of action. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to gracefully ignore that and actually go. I'm, I'm going to actually apply it. it, it the, You're I really have, trying hard to stay on track I and I'm really, just determined not to let that happen. <laughs> uh, I, I like the I actually like the way you put that a little bit. It made me think of this analogy. I I never have, I didn't have to worry about breaking rules if the rules didn't exist in the first place. If Which, there were none. <laughs> it's, and, and, and that's, there's a little tongue in cheek in there, but it's absolutely true. It, it, if the, if the space is more defined, then forgiveness. Yeah, it's, it's a little, there's a little no true Scotsmanism in there. A little but bit. It's, it's uh, also yeah. like, but, but seriously though, a smaller org or something that's newer or more fluid, you're, you're not wrong. Right. And, and the, uh, the default posture becomes asking for forgiveness rather than permission. Now you, when you have a lot of rope, it's possible for you to hang yourself with it. And so you have to be smart and you have to be careful, but that's the kind of environment that I always enjoyed working in. I was always really comfortable and happy in, in, in that kind of space. Um, so when I bringing it back on track, this is total sidebar. This is, I mean, we should have called this the sidebar show is what we really should have done. Um, the uh, colon sidebar. <laughs> Refactored colon the sidebar. Maybe we'll start a bar. Maybe we'll make a bar. It's no, the sidebar. The first, the first, our first conference, the first refactored conf when we, when we get there, you know, next the week, venue has next to week. have a, 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 a place next to it and it'll be the side. Oh, I was going to go even full. I was going to go more full tilt. I was actually going to call the event, the sidebar. I was going to call the event. No, no. The sidebar is the bar next to the conference. venue, And that's that's where we actually have the conference. That would be the true conference. We rent a conference center. The conference room, the conference center is empty. Everybody's in the bar. They just, it goes unused. We're just using the little bar bar. off to the side. (laughs) So it's so deliciously meta. <laughs> it's so dumb <laughs> meta and dumb, very dumb meta. <laughs> <laughs> so um, back on back to the titles, when it came time for me to do the titles, 
one of the, because I had that visceral reaction, I made sure, okay, yeah, we're going to have numbers because we need to have levels and, you know, you need to have that, that numerical ranking fine for HR, for charts and graphs. Fine. Mm -hmm. There will be a real title attached to each one of these positions. And so we spent some time thinking about the different titles. And of course this is going to vary with each company and each position. And so I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, get into that too much, but, um, the exercise of building out the career ladder turned out to be, um, I think, worthwhile because it's a way for engineers to progress in the organization or show progression, both internally to their teammates, to their boss, to and and, and on their resume too. I mean, that's that's one of the things that I that that, that we thought about. Uh, it, 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 it's a way for them to show progression. In, in an overt fashion, even though literally under the hood with this position, nothing has changed. We've just simply reboxed people. They're all doing the same work they were doing before. It's we're recognition. Just, it's recognition. That's exactly what it is. It's recognition. Yeah. And it's a way for the, the real impetus for us was, you know, developing something of a parallel track, like you said, to show progression outside of being a manager, because in our world, mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've dealt with this too. You have engineers who are good engineers and even good team leads, good project leads, but they don't want to be a manager. They don't know uh, part of it. They don't want no part of it. Yeah. Or they maybe they think about it, but their skill set actually isn't there. That happens too quite a bit. And so this was a way to offer, you know, different venues. And it also gives us the opportunity. We haven't tried this yet. So this is, I mean, I, I'm I'm sort of uh, hypothesizing on this, but it gives us the opportunity. One of the things that um, we we read about and talked about was this notion of jumping back and forth between being an individual contributor and being a manager. Now, mm -hmm. I fall into the camp. I'd love to hear what you think on this, but there there's a school of thought that says they're the same thing and they're just different skills. One is not better than the other. So, you know, being a manager is not more senior, more elevated than being an individual contributor. and you can jump back and forth in theory over the course of your career. So you can do the management thing for a while and then, okay, I want to go back to being an individual contributor. I want to write code. I want to you know, do things. And so you shift your role and you, you drop that team and you go back to being an individual contributor. And so mm -hmm. this, uh, our layout here was built with some intention of, of at least allowing that cross channeling. We'll see if it happens. I don't know if anyone's going to be interested, uh, but it does lend us the opportunity to do so. Um, is there a, is there a, maybe I'm thinking ahead, but is there like a ratcheting effect? Like you were in the, I, you were in the contributor track uh -huh. and you advance from rung A to B to C, you're going to move over to the management track. Are you now at A? And then if you make some advancement there, you go back to contributor or do you go to C or D or right. start back at, like, what is the, I mean, we're going to, we'll figure it out as we go. The way that we started was that we actually set equivalencies between the manager. So there's a, there's numerical numbers for, for individual contributor. I see numerical mm -hmm. numbers for ICs and numerical numbers for managers. They in theory match up. And so what we think could happen or would happen would be if, um, I want So, so I'm a director. And so I, let's say, I can't actually remember the number off the top of my head for, for directors. Um, let's say it's a five. Okay. I would, in theory, jump from <coughs> director to from, you know, manager, you know, 
engineer manager five, which is director. The title is director. The number is engineer manager five. I jump from that to individual contributor five. And there's some correlation there. Obviously, you know, there's, there's the expectation that as you go up, your skill level technically goes up as well. But mm-hmm. there is also some cross-pollination in terms of the people skills that you possess. Right. Now, on the manager side, you're going to be flexing the people skills almost exclusively, especially at that high a level. On the IC side, you're still going to flex those people skills, but it's going to be in a smaller, um, narrower scope, you know, dealing with the client and things like that. Your, your, your day is still going to be mostly contributor, but you're going to have a portion that's soft skill and you have the requisite capability to do so. So that's kind of so the, the idea, theory that we're the, working the with. The theory would be that you can move sort of straight across or up mm-hmm. at any given point. Right. You I would not you go on could, a diagonal. You could, right. You wouldn't go diagonal and you like, you, I guess you could request to go down, but so it's, it's across right or up. Generally. Yeah. I mean, right. it, what, what, okay. So the going down thing, what you could do. And I mean, we haven't explored this, but I guess now that we're talking about it, it could be an option, but like if you had somebody who, Okay, we don't know if you're going to be a decent manager or not, but you've expressed interest and we have a need and we're willing to give you a shot and you do it and it doesn't work out. These things happen. Normally what happens, what's that, what's that law uh, that you raise to the highest level of your incompetence? What's the Peter principle? Peter principle. Thank you. So normally Peter principle, that person would either stagnate out there and then leave the company or you would fire them because they couldn't do the job that they were assigned, which in both of those situations kind of sucks if it's a person that you like. Um, I actually saw that play out recently with a um, um, with somebody I know. Um, good worker, didn't have a real spot and ended up just kind of just fizzling out, which really stinks. Um, so you don't want to do that necessarily. So like a, 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 the, the downward angle here would be, okay, you tried manager. We agree we give it a shot. It hasn't really worked out. We're going to bump you back down to individual contributor. And now that could come, that would obviously be a title change. That could come with comp changes, both up and then back down. But because you have the framework now, it kind of gives you the freedom to play with these things. If there's an understanding, and this is the key, all this has to be laid out in advance. You have to tell, so for this this hypothetical that we're talking about, you've got the career ladder, you show them the career ladder. You're giving them a chance. You let them know that you're giving them a chance. It's not guaranteed. It's not going to stay. 90-day probationary period, six months, whatever. And then an understanding that if it doesn't work out, there's a possibility that that person could then dip back down. You'll get the pay increase while you're there. But if you don't stay, you're going to go back down and your, your pay is going to get adjusted back down. If all of those things are laid out in advance, I think it could work in theory. So explain, tried to me, explain to me, you have somebody there at, you know, level B, they're one up on the contributor side They okay. go over to the equivalent manager side. It doesn't work. You're saying they would go diagonal down and across. Why if would they not just flip back to, well, they didn't succeed at the level of manager. So that would indicate a, a, a case by case basis. What you're describing could absolutely happen. What I am saying right. is that the structure allows for a diagonal downward move and you could do and, and, and you could do so in a, positive, constructive fashion. Do you want to do that? No. Do they want to do that? No. (laughs) It's not something that is desirable, but it does give you, it's a release valve. It's a release valve Mm -hmm. so that you can avoid Peter principle type of scenarios. Um, It's not something that we set out. That's to be clear. This is not a problem that we set out to solve. This is not a problem that we see right now. 
but as no, we I, like I see, I see the plan. It. Yeah, I see the plan. I get the motivation. I, like I'm, at, I'm, I'm now. My mind, you know me. My mind jumps immediately to corner cases. Uh, oh, like right. Where are the bounds of this man. thing? Snowflakes, <laughs> yeah. baby. That's that's where it's at. That I mean, that's like any good engineer. You know, okay, here's my conditional. Yeah. Now, what are all the random scenarios that I have to account for? Because as a like as a as a manager, as a dad, like my mind. Okay, great. We have a rule now. How are all? What are all the failure modes? <laughs> immediately, what I think. Well, what if? What uh-huh. if the guy's hopping on one leg with a dead chicken at the quarter moon, you know? <laughs> I just had the flashbacks to, you know, my website design days. Oh, we just need a checkbox here that does X. Oh, yeah, sure. Just a checkbox. Let me put that little HTML code in there. That's only one checkbox line. Checkbox will take you five minutes. Like the logic eight. behind it's going to take three months. Exactly. It's exactly right. <laughs> you know, it's it's that kind of, it's that kind of thing. Um so we, we we have put together the career track. It's it's got these these different levels. It's and um, uh, seems to be we're getting positive feedback from other parts of the organization. They've actually taken it, used it as a template to build out their own uh, structures, um, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's cool. It, it it has gone really well, and it, and it, you know so you alleviate some of the things that we were talking about. Yeah, you you may not have or or don't wish to share. That's fine. Exact like titles in the trip, but you so I, I can I can share have, titles. I'm okay with that. Two two tracks with five levels. Is that the two track? Well, almost. So there are uh, these. The IC track has five levels. The manager track has three. The manager track runs in parallel with the top three of the okay. IC track. You get what I'm saying? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So. That way, so that so levels one and two on the IC track do not have an analog in management. Correct. You've got to get to level three there before you would hop over. Right, right. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. and some of this still remains to be seen. Like for example, one of the um, so like the top level IC is currently parallel with our top level management position, which is VP. That to me feels highly artificial because mm-hmm. they're you know like there's yeah there's overlap, but I, I'm 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 wondering if the gap there isn't actually more significant. So your, so your manager track is basically three, four and five manager tracker VP. Is that, yeah, that's basically what we're doing right now. And what I, what we haven't, you know, this is not firmly settled. Um, but, and, and uh, and honestly, the way that we would present it to the team would, this would be a perpetual work in progress, you know, agile, you know, iterate, Mm -hmm. try, try test. So I'm going to guess, I'm going to, knowing that you're not using numbers, I just want to take a guess. Oh, at go the for IC it. This track cool. names. Yeah, let's do this it. This would be a fun game. Okay, so first level. I'll give you the first level. So so first level, junior developer. No. Okay, so the first, no. that's why I was going to give you the first level so you right. can guess from anchor there. me then. Okay, so I'll yeah. give you the anchor. The first level is, uh, we call it enterprise engineer or just engineer for short. So. Okay, okay. That's, so that's from level engi- one. So engineer, then I'm guessing there's a senior engineer. Mm-hmm. Which we talked about earlier. That was kind of a gimme since we talked about that didn't change. Our level two didn't change. So you go from engineer to senior engineer. Mm -hmm. Then I'm guessing, oh man, it's next is either going to be principal engineer or architect. I'm guessing architect is your level three. And Uh, uh, what is it? Enterprise engineer, senior enterprise. Is it enterprise architect at level three? (laughs) Okay. So um, we have, so we do have your, you're partially right. So we have, a um, solution architect is what we are calling an alias at our level three. Um, so what the, one of the other nice problems that this solves for us uh, is when individual, and this is actually why I put it on the talking points list, because I was curious about your experience here. Um, 
one of the, the, the niggling problems that we have sometimes is that we have engineers who come in and they want a certain title because it mm. maps with, uh, for example, we yeah. have a, we're a security centric uh, their own cons- either prior or a desired industry right. or vertical. Exactly. Yeah, so they use like a certain it, nomenclature uh-huh. and that's what they want to do, uh-huh. but it's not what it's called in your HRIS. Correct. Yeah. So we have, so the yeah. easiest example is we're a security centric organization. We have engineers that come from a very security heavy focus and they mm-hmm. want to stay there. They don't want to it to look as if they have moved away from that security focus. And so they look for specific titles. Um, solution architect in this case, that's not the case with solution architect. That one is more of a catch all that, that comes up a lot. Solution architect comes up a lot. The problem with solution architect for us is there are literally 10 or more positions inside our company right now that have architect in the title. It is so overloaded that we don't even want to go near it. But the thing is, it's an it's a totally applicable it title. Rele- yeah. It's relevant. It's- and some engineers want that title. And so mm-hmm. so we so we came up with so what we have is we So have you our- have so you have architect as an alias for that level 3. So then what's mm-hmm. the official Okay, so the official Okay, so here's the official tiers. The tiers are enterprise engineer, senior engineer, staff engineer, principal engineer, distinguished engineer. So we we made an overt decision to okay. keep with engineer, the engineer through all yep. of them. That was that was deliberate. You can make cases for architect and things like that, but we built in the responsibilities of these other titles naturally. Senior they they staff, fell in principal distinguished. Okay, senior staff okay. principal distinguished, and um, let's see the uh, the other caveats. Um, you can join the company at the first three. So based on your experience, mm-hmm. you could join as an enterprise, a senior or staff. In rare exception, we might consider bringing someone in as a principal. But in no exceptions would anybody join the company at Distinguished. At distinguished. You earn yeah. that. So there's a, there's a little bit, like you said, recognition, some, you know, some, some um, uh, acknowledgement of, of the work that you've done for the company there. But also, you got to run the dungeon before you get the orange drop, man. <laughs> what do you want? Um, so those are our four titles, and then we thought about all the other different titles that we could possibly get. And we started a list, but then we said, "Now nah, the heck with that. We're going to throw the list out. We'll let the title requests come to us, and then right. if they have a need, then we'll go. Okay, well, we don't have that one slotted yet. Let's figure it out. The one exception to that was Solution Architect because we already had. Uh, legacy wise, we actually had a couple folks who were solution architect. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, we had to, f- so that's already that alias already in level three. Right. Right. And so this and so actually, then you're kind of taking the approach that you may consider other aliases over time, but it's correct. all case by case. Like this you're not all drawing a hard line. I think that's pretty wise. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's people get very managers, especially when they have too much time on their hands, they like to overthink what the rules are going to be and how what? this is, no. what we're gonna, this is why we're going <laughs> to, <laughs> no, I know this never happens in real life. Not yeah, in reality. Never not, right, at, right. not at my company. Wait, hold on. You're talking um, about somebody who's in a in at least a partially bureaucratic position starts to navel gaze at the processes and procedures around their bureaucracy. That doesn't happen. Look at our government. It's like me. a well greased machine. That's that kind of you thing are. doesn't happen ever. You've got to be joking. No. <laughs> so uh, we 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 went with so we we shoehorned solution architect in there to staff engineer. Um, as people shifted around, you know, 
we, you know, we've got that, that sort of like release valve if we need it. But generally what we're trying to do is we're trying to standardize on these titles. And then, you know, so, so your official title is this, but you could be recognized under this other title. And so what this does is this gives the, the engineer the option to uh, honestly and confidently use a title other than the formal one given right. on their resume. So it's a, you know, so you, it, again, recognition and, and growth. If there's something that fits for you better, then you can do that. And it's not going to break our HR system. HR is not going to be pissing and moaning about having 11 billion titles to track across. Right. You right. know, you've got one levels. set of titles and then, you know, right. there's, there's a, can I say gentleman's agreement that like, all right, you are basically authorized to use this other title publicly if you'd like, but yeah. this is like on I'm the paperwork, sure. here's your. Right. And I'm not actually, I mean, I'm going to caveat that. I mean, that part about how it would actually work. We haven't, we haven't quite figured that out yet. If it's just going to be gentleman's agreement or if they're actually going to need to have some kind of acknowledgement from HR that they could use this title. Um, right. Right. Because what happens at most times the, when, when a company, um, contacts a previous employer and they only give you two things. Now they give you the title and they give you the tenure, you know, from what date to what date were they employed? Yeah. That's, that's the only yeah. thing anyone ever gives. So if, so if the employee wants them to confirm the alias title, mm -hmm. not sure how that's going to work yet. So that's, that's kind of a wrinkle that remains to be seen, but we are at least we're laying yeah. groundwork to do it. That's, I, I think mm -hmm. that's the important part. And we've got that's a track cool. that's consistent. Yeah. So, um, and so you, so you expect, so, so you expect the same level of acumen, acumen, both technical and managerial of anybody that's at a level three, a level four, a level five. It's simply in your, in your philosophy here, a matter of where they're choosing to spend the lion's share of their time or well, where I mean, they aim it. Like, what is the actual, because it sounds like to me, oh, I can go from, you know, I can flip from distinguished engineer to VP and then back again. And there's no. There's a, okay. Like, so it, it seems like there's no, gotta no, be some. It. Yeah. Okay. So there's a, there's a good hole there that you're, you're, you're pushing me to fill, which is good. Um, by the way, I opened the, um, the career ladder while we were talking. It was like an idiot started the show without it open. Um, I was wrong about one thing. It's not, <clears throat> the tracks are not parallel between levels three, four, and five. They're, they're parallel between four and five. And then VP is level six. Doesn't have a, does okay, not have yep. an IC corollary, <laughs> which Got makes you. sense. I mean, you're at an executive level. Yeah. You are not an IC. Those are two, like that's a fundamental yeah. hard break point at that point. Um, yeah. Okay. So you got, you have five on one side, three on the other, and there's overlap at four and five, the bottom. You got it. End. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. All right. Yep. So now for, for, you know, in terms of qualifications between the two, the, there is, there is an understanding that the skill levels, you got to think Venn diagram here. There's an understanding mm -hmm. that the skill levels are going to overlap in significant margin on either side of this level. However, each role does in fact have its own skills and it is entirely mm -hmm. possible for a, um, our level four is a principal engineer. It is entirely possible for a principal engineer to not demonstrate the managerial yeah. qualities that are required for engineer manager. They cover all the technical, they cover some of the soft skills, but they don't cover enough of it that we would even say, yeah, let's give it a shot. That's entirely possible to happen. Now, does it happen often? Eh, so far, it hasn't. We've only, I mean, I, this is a small sample size. I've got a team of about 30, 40, depending on how you count. Um, and, uh, you know, so far, as I think about the ones in my head, 
it could probably it would probably work. But would that would that person be happy there is the big question. And would they be successful? The other big question. You know, those two things are not they're not the same thing. Right. I have it for example. Yeah, and then I got it. I have, a, I have ahead, an engineer. Sorry. That's OK. I have an engineer who is a um, who we moved. Actually, he was one of our solution architects and we moved him to principal engineer. And that is his new official title. Uh, and he has said repeatedly that he does not want to do management. He wants to remain an individual contributor. And he's like, I'm, I'm totally fine with that, but I am both happy and, and frustrated with that at the same time, because he is uh, one, he's one of our best contributors, technically skilled. He is outstanding. He's mind blowingly good at what he does. He's also got people skills and client management and client interaction skills that are really, really rare. He is, he is that unicorn. He is that mm-hmm. unicorn. And so I can use it. We're constantly talking about projects where we can use him over and over. Like every project he could fit because mm-hmm. the skill set he brings is just dynamite. And so he could do that, but he doesn't want to. And so, you know, acumen to actually do the job is one thing. Desire and, and, and happiness level in it, you know, fundamentally not the same thing. And so that's kind of, that was also, you know, part of the point of, of doing the parallel tracks, being able to recognize, Hey, this guy could in theory, so that he is a uh, principal, which is engineer manager. Um, and honestly, I think we even dialogued about moving him further up and decided not to just so that he had another rung to climb. And so, but it like even, you know, yeah, we'll we'll step you give away. Give the kid all the cheeves as soon as they log in. They're not going to play for very long. You know? <laughs> but I mean, so we'll we'll step away from the the real story. Take somebody who would theoretically be at a distinguished engineer level, and they could, in theory, step into the into a director role. Mm-hmm. Do they want to? Maybe. Who knows? But they are at least recognized as being really highly competent at what they do. Yeah. So, so I got to ask. I got now. I just I have nothing but questions here. So sure. what I is it, it? What is it? So I'm a um, I'm a, I'm a, a senior engineer, okay, and I'm I'm eyeing staff engineer, okay. So so how do is it a, is it a job a difference in job description between the five? Is everything the same? It's just tenure and recognition. How do I how do I progress? How quickly can right. that happen? Who's got to be involved? Like that's I yep. I really like yep. I, I yearn to know more here. So we so we deliberately we we put some dimensionality around each position, but we deliberately avoided setting up here are here is the step that you you know here is the path that you walk. You know, right. the 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 titles themselves, the responsibility is the path. Beyond that, we didn't want to get highly prescriptive because it's it's not about yeah. putting somebody on a like on a rail. It, it, it's more of a um you know, it's more of a mountain to climb rather than, you know, following the rails of a train track. It's it's less explicit. You you see your target, you see your objective, it's out there, it's up there, but you could go, you know, this way over this rock hill or this way through yeah, the trees. Yeah. And so so we, we, we So what are the what are the material what are the kinds of material differences then right. so that we, you do choose to emphasize? So, so what we did then is we focused in on the things that make each level generally distinct. Is there overlap? Sure, but like these are the things that would fit in the given roles. And so we broke down um, total years of experience. Obviously, that's an easy one. We broke down for us, we broke down consultant levels and the overall consultant skill level. 
And so as part of our career ladder, we actually have a sub chart that talks about the different levels of consulting and what you're capable of doing. I think we'd had, um, we had four. We did skill levels A, B, and C, and then capital C, as in capital C consulting, like you're a real serious consultant. And mm-hmm. so we broke out the different skills and the different things that you would do at those different levels. If you're capable of doing them, then that would generally be where you fall on that consultant skill level. Are we tracking that? Are we like ticking boxes for them? No, that's not how it works. You know, there's just kind of opportunities to flex those skills, interest in exploring them. You go and teach yourself. I'm always telling every engineer who comes in, we tell them, uh, go buy and read the practice of professional consulting. It's basically the how-to handbook on consulting for literally any any um, industry vertical. It's a great read. Um and so that you could do your own homework and improve that way. So that's one way we look at it. The other thing we do is each level has its own breakdown of responsibility and, and, and expectations. So, you know, experience level, what's your, the scope of your work, you know, your, your expected impact on projects, uh, how technical execution, the things that you would actually do, things that you would own, uh, how and with whom you collaborate. Uh, and then we also do some explicit call out on the types of consulting skill that you'll do. Uh, but we How also effectively you can sharpen the end of a plastic spoon into a shiv. Mm-hmm. That's obviously uh, yeah, be the, one of these the are the skills that you need to have. Right. Exactly. To progress. Now, yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, and then uh, that we, we just sort of break it down. And as you move up, you know, those you know, those responsibilities are um, compounded. And so. You know, if you're level, you know, if you're the level one engineer, these are the things you're going to do. A level two engineer can and will sometimes or often do all the things that a level one can do, plus all this other stuff. Ditto level three, ditto level four. And so you're just piling on more things. Now, are they going to use all those skills all the time? No, of course not. But they have demonstrated capability. And so there's this progression. And so then determining who gets what level it is, um, there are some, we, we now have some definitions and they, we do have some objectivity to it, but it is still a sub, you can map to it, but it is still a subjective decision. It's still Mm -hmm. a case by case. Um, you know, how is this person doing? How's this person feeling? What does their manager think? What do, you know, what do I as the director think? What kind of feedback are we getting from clients? And so you, you can take in all of these other softer, non-defined elements to make the decision, but when, but you have a guide wrapped around it and you have something that you can point to, to justify your case, which is really important when you're trying to get more money from, you know, finance and things like that. You know, Hey, we, hey, I'll give you a great example. Cause you and I have both been in this situation before. Hey, we hired this, uh, this senior engineer and he is, you know, his name's Chris and he is, He's been here six months and he is flipping amazing. He is blowing it out of the water without having this career ladder on, on tap. HR or finance is going to go, okay, good. We'll make sure we take care of him at the next, um, you know, merit raise. And maybe we'll right. talk about a title change if that's something that he's interested in. And he says something proactively without us actually telling him about it. You know, like it, it yeah. leaves things very nebulous. In contrast, same manager, same conversation to the decision makers. 
hey, we've got this engineer, Chris, he's been here for six months and he, he came in as a senior engineer and he is doing that plus everything at a level three and some of what he's at, at a level four. I mean, we, we, we under, you know, we under positioned him. He is not being, he yeah. is not positioned properly and he's not being compensated we gotta, we gotta properly. Him. So we need to do an immediate adjustment and I want, and I am watching him on track to move to level four at the next review cycle. Mm-hmm. Totally right. two totally different conversations. Totally yeah. different. Yeah, for sure. And they go sure. and, it, and and you're going to have more you you you've got more weight, you've got more ammo to go into those you've kinds got, of things. You've got and you've got HR and management buy-in on the whole scheme, so everybody knows the rules of the road, it's very transparent. And then if you're if you're looking to move up though, you have I think as as clear as is reasonable for the circumstance an idea of what you need to do to progress. That's I think that's the the important thing. Is yeah. not having it be too nebulous where how do I get from developer one to developer two? Oh, you just do, do developer stuff. stuff you do, know? Do, <laughs> do more better. Do do more better codes. You know, it's more, like all more right, better. Dude, thanks. I'm gonna go. <laughs> Sorry, I gotta take a long lunch to polish my resume. <laughs> exactly. And so when you allude and and employees are not stupid, you know, they that nebulousness. They know. Oh, wait a minute. What management school did you go to? <laughs> Employees are not, isn't that the underlying assumption? <laughs> why are you using? Why, why aren't you using the we're, we're in a managerial discussion here. Why aren't you using the formal title of peon for these people? <laughs> Sir, ready to work. <laughs> what you got there, my lord? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. What you got there, system, my lord? Though. Nothing. Back to your turnips. Oh, so um, no. So so this is something that's still still in process, or it has been implemented at this point. We we are. I'll say we're ninety percent of the way there. We got a bunch of rubber stamp approvals. Um, We have already made the title changes. HR has accepted them. HR has seen the career ladder. Um, So I mean, we're 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 pretty much good to go on on this. Um, And so and actually. I, uh, the experience here, I can, you know, just approve the point. Our, our review and merit based increases cycle was off from the parent company. And so we just had a synchronizing event just this past month. And so we're, you know, we did a, what they're calling an off cycle merit adjustment just this one time to sort of get us in line with the rest of the organization. Then we'll be part of the next review cycle company wide when it comes up in, I don't know, six or six or eight months, something like that. Um, and as part of this, I pushed really hard to say, we need to do the title changes. We need to show the progression and recognition to these engineers because mm-hmm. uh, anyone who's gone through an acquisition will tell you when, you, when, you, when you're acquired, you're going to lose 20 to 30% of your staff off the top, automatic. Easy. It's going to easy. It's going to happen. Yeah. And, it's, and I'm not just talking about finance folks and HR and, you know, all the, all the duplicated positions, you're going to lose no, those too. turnover. Turnover follows MA like thunder follows lightning. Exactly. You, you like just, it's, you can play, I mean, you can bank on it. It will happen. Yeah. And we have seen it. And so one of the things that I was really sensitive to was making sure that we did everything we could to recognize the team for its effort, for their effort and their growth and their value to the company. And so I push for this career ladder to be part of this review period. And so we put it all together. We put it in front of all the relevant people and um, handed it to HR. HR had seen it. 
was like just it was really just FYI. It was like, hey, we're working on this and we're looking at title changes to go along with this with this review cycle. So, note we haven't done the final rubber stamp, apparently. And yet, and yet, every single one of the title changes that we wanted to make, I think we made about six out of our team. Every one of them went through no questions asked. No questions asked whatsoever. They they it, they matched with the career ladder that we had. Mm-hmm. And we were just, it was really just a realignment in a lot of cases. This person yeah. was already doing this and we're just putting them in the right spot and nobody had boo to say about it, which I don't know about you. That never <laughs> happens. I'm always having to fight tooth and nail to get amazing. this information. So yeah, I was amazing. really happy. It, it, this is a, it's a, if your organization of is of sufficient size, I would say if I'm ballparking numbers here, 20 people. If you're if you're 20 or more, if you have a team of 20 or more, take the time, build a ladder of of positions and and titles. Does it change the work? No. It just gives you as the manager ammo to effectively promote and recognize and appreciate your team. And it gives your team a guide, a, a guideline, some mile markers to follow on how they can progress their career. I I'm gonna double down on that. And not only, and I think I think 20s. I think 20 is a threshold. It's just rule of thumb threshold kind of there. Yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. probably about the right number um, based on my experience. But I will say, and, and you're right, it's, it doesn't change the work. Doesn't change right? the it, work. It, and everybody knows it too. This. That's the thing. Everyone, yeah. everyone knows this. For some reason though, there's this weird mindset that, you know, you know, oh, no. we've got the career no, ladders and so our responsibility. No, like the job is the job. We're just putting some, but here's, some structure to it. But here's the here's the joke, though. Nobody, you know, people resist things like this because then they think, well, we haven't done it till this point. Why does it need to be done? People are going to be afraid of this. They're not going to. You're yeah. adding transparency and intentionality yes. to a process. If it is, if that transparency and intentionality is badly needed your people already know that it is badly lacking. You only serve to benefit your own image by addressing it proactively before it results in issues. And I will go one step farther. I will say, and and let's just use 20 as the threshold, right? The magic number. And I don't care what the number is, but 20 is 20. 20, sure. Um, uh, Org chart that is updated and publicly available. Well, public within your, your company an org chart that is updated and available. And yes. if you use, um, if you use like active directory or something like this with exchange, make sure those changes are reflected there. Yes. So that if I look at the org tree in exchange, I can see who somebody's manager is, that their title is correct, that their reports are correct, that their phone number is correct because people look at the little right. profile, the, yep. the, the details in exchange to try to contact people when they don't know who else to go to is important to get that stuff right. And I just, I, all too often I see it not done. And so people, I don't know who to go to. I don't know where to, you know, where to turn. It's like just, and it, it's, it's, I always joke with my team when I, when I do things like this, I always call it, and I, I do scare quotes with my fingers. I call it adding value. And everybody knows that's a joke. It's like a managerial task that is on the face, non-productive work and it's overhead, but it's, it's, it also needs to be done because these are things, the org chart, the titles, the career progression, these are things that not everybody pays attention to, but when they're not done well, everybody has sees concerns right. about, it's, and everybody knows that it's not done well, and it festers. It's one of these other unknowns that eats away at people's psyches. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to get from level one to level two. 
They don't know what level two even is. They don't know how that compares. And it, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a whole class of distress and drama, even if that only all plays out inside each individual employee's head that you can completely avoid by taking like a half. And if you're a small company, like 20 people, take a half an hour to do this mm-hmm. and just, and, and clarify it for people. And that's yeah. fine. Like it shows, so you struck on some things that really leapt out at me. It's taking the effort show, even if, even if it is a very simple chart in, I don't know, a PowerPoint, even mm-hmm. even taking a very simple effort like that shows that you were thinking about it and shows that you care. And that's the, I mean, that's the big win. The other that's big the win, that is the thing, you know, you don't, it, it, a lot of people focus on the, in this stuff, management has a, um, uh, a bad habit of focusing in on the, on the wrong parts. It's not the, the, the formality of it and how highfalutin and fancy it is and how much time you spent on it. It's just the fact that you spent time focusing on it and giving it attention. And it shows that you are uh, recognizing and valuing the same information that is important to your employees. The other thing that you struck on, I thought it's, it's Stark, Stark tapping banner on the chest at the beginning of Endgame, saying that's the thing right there. The big monster coming at you is that your employees know that you care and that you've got their back and that you're trying to do the best for everybody. Exactly. That's the thing. Exactly. And then the other thing that you struck on was transparency. Um, because a lot, if, if, if you're, if you didn't do it because business happened and you've just been focused elsewhere, employees know that. If you haven't done it because there's something about, you know, like you're, you're the way that you handle promotions, there's something wiggy about it, or, you know, that you, yeah. if there, if there's anything that's other than, you know, just straightforward and honest and, and taking care of your employees, they also know that too. <laughs> like well, you said, it, not only, not only do they know that, but also if you don't take the time to do this stuff they could start to think they that start the to reason guess. you don't do it is mm-hmm. because you have some exactly uh, proclivities yeah. in your process, which yep. is to say it's not well thought and it's based on playing favorites or whatever else the you know case may be. Exactly. People will invent, people will, <laughs> they're very good at inventing rationale for the actions of others. So you want to make it very clear how and why you do things yeah. so that people do not invent the wrong opinion of, of, of your motives. <laughs> there is a school, I'll have to find out who it was that came up with it. There's a company that does it. Uh, actually a methodology that they use called radical transparency. And they, they do sort of a no holds bar. Like everything is always visible to everyone all, all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I was listening to a podcast. It's like the joke, uh, uh, rad can from, uh, Silicon Valley. The guy, pr- he practices radical candor. And then he turns out to be a lying S bag the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going solo mo on me. I thought you were, I, I thought you were going <laughs> social no, local. No, mobile. that would be, that would be a complete sidebar, which is uncharacteristic for this discussion. Maybe it would be more Molo So than Solo Mo. Molo, little, no, a little Molo So. <laughs> um, we're changing ra- the world. Yeah, sorry. So I, yeah. I will. I will try and find it here while we're while we're talking. But radical transparency. So GitLab does a flavor of this, where basically their their whole employee handbook, their operating manual, everything yes. they do is is not only published internally, but it's also like externally that you can go as a non-employee of GitLab and learn everything about how they operate their business. Um, mm-hmm. And it it's, 
it puts in my mind, it puts a nail, a definitive nail in the coffin of anybody that wants to say, well, no, how we structure things, how we treat employees like this is we don't want to share this externally because it could lead to criticism. It could impact stock price. It could competitors could take this information and do but. Show me an example of a company who's doing what GitLab does. They have been they have been like painfully transparent since the beginning, like since the mm-hmm. before times. Yeah. And I I know for a fact that there are companies that that you know crib what they do in in part or in oh, whole. Yeah. But like oh yeah, GitLab and and you know how how many times throughout the years GitLab has been completely put out of business by these competitors by these other companies. Yeah. Right? It's just. This it's execution is everything. Ideas are trash. You know, yep. execution is everything. Yeah, they, they and I, I have used their uh, their documentation. I, I have cribbed it almost entirely in in some circumstances as a starting point for policies yeah. that we build. And then I mean, yeah. we modify it and it ends up in a completely different place. But you know, using that as a starting point and the fact that I mean, the product they build, it, open source. I would say companies that that really subscribe to open source the way that GitLab does. I would say they are inherently radically transparent because they're giving away a chunk of yeah. their product. There's, of course, there's a premium piece and that's how you make money. And, I, you know, yes, great. That's, yeah, that's going to, that means more of this. So yeah, be successful. Right. I think that's great. Um, but uh, yeah, open source, I, I feel like if you're doing even a little bit of open source, you're already, you know, going down that that road. Um, I think, I think the person that I was thinking of is a guy named uh, Ray Dalio. And he is mm-hmm. the... Uh, he is the chairman of Bridgewater Associates, which is a an, it's oh, an investment okay. firm. Um, yeah. I believe it was him and his company. Um, and if it, if this is the person that I'm thinking of, the backstory to him is he had another company and he was not open and honest about things uh, as much as he felt like he should have. And the company ended up uh, going under uh, because there were things that were left unsaid and unspoken and mm. th- they became landmines and they blew up on them. So in his follow-up company, he he got very, very hardcore on showing everybody everything all the time. The podcast I heard was essentially somebody was in a ride-along recording some of their some of their sessions to I mean radical transparency. Basically, this guy came and attended some board meetings or something like that. And in in one of the meetings, they called out they had a ranking of the best to worst managers in the organization. Mm-hmm. Every one of them was in the room and like the, the guy who was dead last, like they, they called it out and they talked to him about it, like right there in front of everybody. And, and then, you know, he, he actually talked about how, uh, you know, understanding that that was part of the culture, you know, it wasn't as much of a shock when he heard it and it did actually, you know, it invigorated him and pushed him to do, to do better, you know? It's, uh, yeah. it's, it, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. You, you had the same reaction. I just like, okay, maybe. Well, that, that, I don't know. That, that particular <laughs> example, that particular example smells a lot like, uh, what do they call it? Ranked, um, ranked review or ranked something. Re- yeah. This is not, this wasn't ranked review that I, okay. uh, well, okay. I, I say that I don't think it was ranked review. I can't, I can't remember the source. And so I can't say for sure, but I don't think it was ranked review. Um, I, if you're going where I think you're going, I totally agree. Ranked reviews are garbage. Uh, you you give oh, yeah. you give people the recognition they deserve in and of themselves. It it does not have, you know, more your 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 zero sum game nonsense. That's that's crap. Yeah. You know, everyone deserves what I they that, I, individually earned. 
Yeah, I know. I know some engineering organizations went that way first, but I think I think as an industry, we've pretty well dispelled the notion that that's a good idea. I think it still is, whether de facto or de jure. I think it still is present in some sales organizations, and there yes. it, there it. I think if it's going to make sense anywhere, makes sense there, but it doesn't still. Like it still does not make sense to me. I mean, what I but it, it's you can at least see how they got there with with like a sales position. That okay, I get it. Yeah, well, I mean, you can do you can do sales without. I mean, the the nasty bit about ranked uh, ranked reviews is that the rating ranked review. I forget the, I forget the you can is go ranked with the, review. Is that the term? Either either or. The, I mean, the, the nasty bit about it is not that you actually have people in 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 prior in in success order. Sales does this literally all the time. Who brought in the most business this month? You know, who has the biggest book of business? Who who right, right. who earned the who is going to consequently earn the largest commission? That's fine. I'm okay with that. The problem with ranked reviews is when you take your review pot as this one entire thing, and then it is divvied out based on your rank. So rank one gets the most, rank two gets the second most, rank three, rank four, rank five, all the way down to whatever. And that that rank N minus one person gets a pittance of it. Well, now, and in, in, in the extreme form, in extreme form, whoever's at the bottom of the list gets let go. It gets let go. Or um, I've seen I've seen companies do this with their vendors. And so what actually happens I in the nastiest combat, the nastiest example I have seen, the lowest ranked vendors end up losing business. They actually they actually lose money to the higher ranked vendors. And so they actually it's not even like a zero sum. It's a net negative. You can actually end up on the lose a literal losing end of one of these rankings. And the problem is stack ranking stack ranking. Okay, so fine. That's the 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 and the nasty, you know, the obvious fallacy here is the fact that you know, those people at the bottom deserve punishment. What if you're already, what if your entire team is already operating in the top 80% compared to, you know, the rest of the uh, industry? Compared to market. Compared yeah. to market. Yeah. And Why that's would you I think punish that's that? What, like the, the obvious stupid. analog here is not to say, let's rank you from one to 10 and fire number 10 and hire somebody else. And, you know, and go. the, the idea there would be for me, let's establish an objective goal. And anybody who can stay above this goal gets to stay here. And then you have right. so much time. If you come under that, you have a period where you can get back above it and, and everything's fine. That to me is like the the tide that floats all boats mentality rather than just, oh, sorry, you only did 399,000 last year instead of 400,000. So you're out and we're going to replace you tomorrow. Like that. Right. And three, if 399,000 is still way above average across an entire you know industry, why are you punishing that person? Yeah. They could easily leave you and go and, you know, wreck house in, in another, uh, you know, in one of your competitors. It's just, yeah. it's stupid. It's, it's, it's stupid, short-sighted thinking. And um, I, I, it plays too much on, and the, the real danger with it is because the rankings are now, I win, you lose. You are actively encouraging highly cutthroat and, um, yeah. and well, let's say amoral behavior from your team. Yeah. Yeah. And we like I, I don't think we have to abuse this stack ranking too much because I don't know that there's anybody really arguing it's a great idea at, you know, in I mean, there are companies that use I'm it. I'm sure it still happens. There are companies that use um, it. But you're right. It's it's it, people. I, 
people respond to incentives and you have to be really careful when you put incentives on the table Mm -hmm. because there are unintended consequences abounding if you don't do that in a careful way. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a uh, sticky like, you know, this there are good ways to do it, but you can really dip your toes into some real nasty negative areas if you're if you're not careful. Um, yeah. But career ladders are great. Give career ladders to everybody. Yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a nice exercise. People like you know they like seeing the outcomes. They like having that thing. It's it's almost like gamification. It would be the common mm-hmm. you know buzzword of the day. It's kind of like gamification for your organization in a very common you know. It's gamification yeah. before gamification was cool. You know, put on your hipster glasses. Yeah, yeah and I wonder I wonder how that works for a larger company where you know is it is it can there be different ladders per team or does that have to be a global thing i wonder how uh it- well we're doing i mean i can answer for our organization we basically you know we worked from a template and modified mm-hmm. it and all that kind of stuff and then we handed our finished product to the rest of our organization and they're using it as a template for their teams and modifying gotcha. it as as needed. So it's kind of per business unit. Yeah, it's kind of a per sense. business. But the what we're trying to do with uh, consistency is to try and keep the levels similar, so that so that a level two over here is roughly comparable to a level two over there. But that's yeah, it. Gotcha. I mean, that's that's the yeah. only thing that we're we're really looking at. So, gotcha. Well, if you uh, if if you have uh, career ladders at your organization, you want to tell us about it. What your experience has been. Uh, or if you want to stack rank me and Frank, and obviously I would be higher than Frank. You know, oh, you can I've, I get think at we us. Can figure this out correctly. Feedback. Yeah, we can figure it out, Chris. Yeah. And then Frank mm-hmm. underneath is mm-hmm. the is the thing that we figure. out. I mean, out. if you're sorting uh, alphabetically, that would be how it would happen. Sure. Or by yes. awesome tude. Yeah, mm, I see. Yeah. You can do that at feedback at refactor.work. Send us an email or, or voice record on your phone and email that to us. We might play it on the show in a light that makes you look a fool. Uh, feedback. Uh, uh, refactor.work is the main site. You can go there for show notes, archives, all sorts of shenanigans. Uh, you can find more of my ramblings online, chris.tonkinson.com. My partner in crime here is at hotcoles, K-O-E-H-L-S.com. And that does it for episode 34. Thanks, Frank. Thank you. See you.